Well, today's message kind of is quite fitting, really. It fits in with, with what's happened this morning, not just spiritually with, with the worship, but actually getting into this place. Because my message today is don't stay stuck. <laughs> don't stay stuck. And for some of you who are on the screen this morning, obviously it's been difficult to get in because you're feeling stuck. You're stuck at home. But what do we mean stuck? See, I don't know if have we got, we won't put, did you get my, um, oh, you've done that. Oh, that's all right, isn't it? That's quite good. That's quite good. So yesterday we went um, on a dry ski slope. Me and Rosie went at a um, taster session skiing. Can you imagine that? So five minutes in, we're sort of, anyone been skiing before, you kind of go up the scope, you have to kind of go sideways, don't you, and kind of walk up. You can't ski uphill, obviously, so you're going up sideways. So there was me and about six other kids there. And as we were going up, this is even before we kind of started sort of skiing, on the novice, the beginner's slope. And then as we were sort of being told by the instructor what to do, and so I'm kind of stood there, and all of a sudden, Rosie's trying to hold my hand. And I just feel myself kind of just planting. I'm stuck in this position with your skis. I don't know if anyone's been skiing. It's not a, a natural thing to do when you've got big skis. Oh, hang on. I mean, you're, doing, you're starting it. Well, as we're going up, you can see us all going up. And then kind of... Look what happens. I'm kind of stuck a little bit. And then my leg goes. And it's kind of skills. Everybody goes down. Skis up in the air. Stuck, rooted to the spot. And then the little girl carries on, just going on down. Not a very nice feeling. Don't stay stuck. I was stuck, rooted into that spot. Has anybody else ever felt that they've been stuck? They're not like that. Stuck in a traffic jam, stuck in a queue. Anybody been down to B&M? Oh, it's a nightmare down at B&M. There's always a queuing system down there. It's horrible, isn't it? I was stuck in the toilet. You were stuck in the toilet? Yeah, I, was, I was at a Brigadier Collingwood's house. Yeah? People out the yell. Working there, of course, and I was in the toilet and it had an old lock. I couldn't get out. You couldn't get out. No, well, and I said, um, Excuse me, you know, the, the little boys, um, I can't get out. <laughs> I've never forgot it. <laughs> I've never forgot it. Well, that's it with Terry, got stuck in the toilet. And it, well, it's true. But we don't plan to get stuck, do we? Nobody plans to get stuck in a toilet. Nobody plans to get stuck on a ski slope and trip over and knock six kids over like skip. Nobody plans to get stuck. No one plans to get stuck in a traffic jam, do we? Yeah, our, our, our satellite navigation, that sat-nav now is kind of geared up to give us alternatives, isn't it? Even before we get there, it's trying to reroute us. And I remember a few years back, me and Jack went up to watch Everton a few years ago, and there was a, a major traffic jam as we were approaching, so it's telling us this traffic jam was there. So we tried to detour through Taunton and kind of trying to save time. And it took us about an hour to go around, and by the time we got back on the M5, we realised that there were cars in front of us that were behind us. And we'd gone around for about an hour. If we just stayed where we were, 
stayed in our lane, stayed stuck. But we don't do it. We don't plan to get stuck. We don't plan to get stuck. And what do I mean by stuck? I don't just mean being stuck in a traffic jam. But I'm aware as, as I hear and as I listen to conversations, listen to what people are saying, that there are those that, that are stuck emotionally. There are those that are stuck in their thinking. Stuck in maybe relationship. Stuck in their resource. Stuck in their faith. Maybe stuck in pride. Just feeling stuck in life. See, emotions are good. Emotions are there to try and get us out of being stuck. But sometimes we get stuck actually in that emotion. Emotions are are good. They make us realize that we've got to get through this. But life sometimes feels, doesn't it, like one step forward or one ski forward (laughs) and two skis back. Can you relate to me with that? Sometimes it just feels like you can't move forward, that you just feel stuck. Like that picture there in the mud, you're just stuck in something. It's not necessarily a bad, you know, bad stuff. It's just feeling, God, I just can't seem to move on. Feels like sometimes I relate, like I'm almost kind of just limping through life sometimes. Yeah, you get that feeling where you just think, God, just doesn't feel like I can real get going. Can't move forward. You see, we've all been stuck. Sometimes we feel like it's something that is just... Me, God, is it just me? Everyone else seems to be moving forward, Lord, and here I am, just seem to be stuck in this, can't seem to go forward. But I want to tell you, we've all been stuck. For many years, I was stuck emotionally in a certain thing that I just couldn't seem to move forward. And for years, I just struggled and struggled until God finally stepped in. I love what Rob brought last week when you were honest about your situation you got until God stepped in you were stuck until God steps in see we can all plateau and be in a season of stuck but the skill is to not stay in it the skill is to not stay in it and that sometimes needs a strategy it needs a plan To navigate our way out of it. And today you might be saying, well, I've tried my best. (laughs) Always preaching. (laughs) I've tried my best, or maybe I've tried doing that. I've tried to get myself unstuck. I've tried. I've tried as hard as I can, and that might be a good thing. But you need more than strength. You need more than willpower. You need a bit of willpower, but you also need the skill and a plan to get out of it. You need both. See, this is what Zechariah says. He says, not by might, not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. See, this is what this, if you write in notes, write this one down. It says, faith doesn't deny reality. But it believes God can change yes, it. Amen. Amen. And I like that. I do. Faith doesn't deny reality. But it believes God can yeah, change it. I believe it. It's true. That is true. See, because your situation, the thing that may be keeping you stuck is not sovereign. Yeah, 
The thing that may be keeping you stuck is not sovereign. God is. God is, Lise. Because nothing is impossible. Impossible is nothing to him. And there's a pause for a purpose. I like what you did last week. There's a pause for a purpose. Because God ain't done yet. And we've talked and said and talked about what God's spoken to us through, through the word that Sam brought. And we're fully believing that next year is going to be a fullness. And we're already walking in that. But for a manifestation, for the fullness of what God is going to bring. But as we're looking for that, sometimes when we feel that we can't move into that, we feel stuck. You're thinking, well, I'm believing God, you can do it for someone else, but not necessarily for me. And like Ali said, sometimes we're our own worst self-critics, aren't we? We can believe it for others, we can pray for others, and we want to almost see them. But when it comes to us, we beat ourselves up. And we're very self-critical, and we can look at our things in our lives and think, well, it's okay. And we think, oh, I'm not good enough. And we put ourselves down. See, because it's interesting that we've talked, and I remember Trevor, when he brought his message, and Joe talked about there being a flowing. When we look at this, this word, it's about flowing. It's about movement. Yeah. Trevor said there'll be rivers. Rivers of blessing, rivers of life, rivers of growth, rivers of restoring. Joe said about the, the flowing, that she picked up that there was a flow with this word, flowing with finances, flowing with favor. New wine being poured out, songs flowing. And we can say, yeah, that's great. Jesus says, that I've come that you may have life. And like we said with John, you know, situations come, we think, well, how does that work in with saying you came to give us life, but here I am on a hospital ward. That doesn't seem to be life, Lord, does it? But he's working with what he's got. And that's a word for someone here today. You've got to work with what you've got. Because Jesus said he's coming to give us life. But you say, well, flowing and movement out of that word, well, how does that feel when... I'm feeling that I'm just stuck in something. I'm just feeling that I'm stuck. I just can't seem to move forward. But there's some things here that hopefully will help this morning that can maybe get you a little bit unstuck. Because it helped me. So there's some character traits. Character traits. Character, character principles. A mindset. Okay, and this is what we need. This is what I need. Okay, first of all, you need to be intentional. You need to be intentional, a purpose, a cause. I have a cause to say, hey, being decisive. To realize that you're stuck and you need to make a decision. I'm amazed how many people don't want to make a decision. And so they end up staying stuck because they don't make a decision. Jesus said, well, God said through Deuteronomy, he said, choose life. Yeah, choose it. You've got to choose it. Yeah. 
And so we end up staying stuck very often because we don't make a decision. We become indecisive. But God says, choose life. I have set before you life or death. You choose, but that you may have life. That's my responsibility to be decisive. In Joshua 24, it says, Joshua said, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. No matter what ever people do, no matter what else is going on, we're going to make a decision to say, me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Need to be decisive. We also need to be resilient. What does that mean? That means just being, having the ability to be able to bounce back. But I don't see, I see quite a lack of it in, in our society and culture and our resilience. We live in a blame culture. It's everybody else's responsibility. It's not my responsibility. It's some blame in other people. But we need to be a bit resilient, like a palm tree. Palm trees have the ability to, to bounce back when they've been stretched, when they've been bent, when a hurricane comes, they've got the ability to go back to their original form, having a bit of resilience. Being consistent. Being committed. Yes, amen. That's a great one, huh? Being committed. This is what the disciples said. They said, where should we go? <laughs> When everyone was leaving Jesus, you have a look at it. Everybody was leaving him. It says that the disciples left him. And he looked at the 12. These were the other disciples that were following him a lot. But he had his special 12 that he chose. When Jesus was saying that I'm God and that I'm the Christ. And they said that his, his sayings were too hard for them to, to follow. And it said that they left him. And Jesus turned to his disciples and said, are you going to leave also? When the going gets tough, are you going to leave me? And this is what Peter said. He said, Lord, where should we go? <laughs> where, where can I go? Where can we go? We know that you are the Christ. You are the Lord where life flows from. Where else can we go? They were committed. What about Ruth? Where she looks at Naomi and she says, where you go, I will go. She was committed. Even in a famine where Naomi's husband died, then the two children, two boys that are married, one was Ruth and one was another one, I can't remember her name, but they, they were there. So there was just famine, there was grief. And so they went from Moab back to, to Bethlehem, I believe. And as they were going, Naomi was like, you stay here. You stay here. You don't need to come with me. But Ruth had something about it. She was determined. And she says, where you go, I will go. Who your people will be, they will be my people. Your God, my God. She was committed. Wow. She may have been stuck in Moab. But actually, she did the good stuff. She stuck to Naomi. <laughs> that was the good stuff. She stuck to Naomi. Wow. And she ended up, when you read that, it's incredible. She actually ended up being the great-grandmother of King David. 
Wow. What God can do when you stay determined, when yeah. you stay committed. Yes, amen. Even in grief. Can you imagine being in that place of, of famine, being a place that we could relate to, just being kind of nothing happening. This is an emptiness, a famine. Nothing seems to be moving. Then she loses her husband. She loses her father-in-law, saying, well, God, I don't go much on this God. She wasn't even a, a, a Jew, was she? She was a Moabite, Moabite whatever you call them, Moab, Moabites or something like that. <laughs> but she didn't know God. But she saw something in Naomi that says, hey, I want what you've got. I want what you've got. She had a tenacity. That's another one that you could put down on there. We have to have a tenacity. A tenacity to purpose. And we need to be courageous. You need to be courageous. Bold. Bold, yes. You need to do it scared. The what? <laughs> You've got to do it scared. Because oh. if you want honesty, we're all scared. We're all scared at some point. So you can say, well, I'm not scared. I'm kind of, you could be scared of rejection. Yes. You could be scared of people not accepting you for who you are. Yeah. True. Do it scared. Sometimes you've just got to do that thing to get you unstuck. You've just got to do it scared. Even in the last month, do you want to know? I've had to do a couple of things doing it scared. And you say, what, you? Yeah, me. Sometimes you've just got to do things scared, haven't you? One of them was coming to your house for a meeting. <laughs> <laughs> Because I was scared. I didn't know if I was going to get a cup of tea or not. <laughs> I know. I'm just doing it for preacher's license. <laughs> but sometimes, you know, you've just got to do something scared. You've got to do it scared. And what I like in, in Joshua, I know we're running out of time now, but quickly turn to Joshua 3. Well, it kind of does... We'll give it more time so the heat can finally burn off all the ice and then you'll definitely be able to get home, okay? Courageous. I just want to hone in on this, this part of being courageous, being bold. See, because in Joshua 1, you go to Joshua 3, but in Joshua 1, there's four verses there where God specifically tells Joshua to be courageous. Have good courage. Four times. Verse 6, verse 7, verse 9, and verse 18 in chapter 1. So there's something going on here. And as we get to Joshua 3, the, the children of Israel become hemmed in. They're stuck. God has promised them into the promised land, but they're on the other side of the river Jordan and they're stuck. God's already brought them through the Red Sea. He's already brought them through here, but here they come and they're at a river. See, when Trevor said there will be rivers, that's great, that's amazing, and I believe that. But you know, sometimes there are rivers that are actually a hindrance. This river was stopping them getting into the promise. What do you do when there's a river in your life that's stopping you getting to where you want to be and you're stuck? See, because we can read with, with Moses in the Red Sea. Exodus 14, 14, God says, stand still. 
and see the salvation of the Lord. And it was God that opened the Red Sea and they went through on dry land. What did, what did Moses do? Moses didn't speak to the sea. God didn't tell him to speak to it, but Moses raised and stretched out his hand and his rod, his authority in obedience, and God did the rest. But now Joshua's taken over. Moses has died. Joshua's taken over, and here he comes to the Jordan. And it's different to what happened. See, God had said to, to, to Moses to tell the people to go forwards. And they were looking, saying, well, how can we go forward when the Red Sea's in front? We're stuck. And I don't know if you can say that in your own life. There's been times in my life where I'm thinking, God, I can't go forward because I'm stuck. There's, a, there's a, almost a, 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 like a metaphor of a Red Sea in front, saying, I can't go forward in this. But God says, trust me. Go forwards. And here we end up with Joshua, chapter 3. Where it's different to the, to the Red Sea crossing. See, God said on this side, he says, the priests are going to have to put their feet in the river. Different to what God did with the Red Sea. And it says that you have not passed this way before. It was different for them. Verse 4, it says that God says, prepare yourselves for you have not Pass this way before. Sanctify yourselves. Devote yourselves wholly. For verse 5 says, God is about to do wonders. And I love that. For this season that we're in. Prepare yourself. Devote yourself. God is about to do wonders. There are going to be testimonies in this place. See, it was different to the Red Sea. See, there isn't a formula for getting unstuck. Because what you may be in is different to me. And so what worked for Moses didn't work for Joshua. God, said, God did something different with Joshua. So there's no magic formula to God. There's no magic formula to faith. The only thing that we've got to stay true is to say, I believe it. And it may look different for each of us. But before they stepped in, they were doing something. They were carrying the ark. And Wendy said on Wednesday, Wendy, Wendy, Wednesday. <laughs> Wednesday, Wendy. <laughs> and she brought about Luke was saying that with Mary carrying the promise. And then Elizabeth going and there was a leaping. And saying that we're carriers didn't you? We're carriers. And I want to tell you that the people here as they come, back with Moses, it said that, they, that um, God said, hold your peace. They were carrying, they were peace carriers, not peacekeepers. They were peace carriers. You've got to hold your peace. Even when you're feeling stuck, you've got to hold your peace. But when they come to the Jordan, what were they doing? They were carrying the ark. They were bearing the ark, God's presence. You've got to have his presence with you. Before they stepped in, they had God's presence with them. 
See, and today you might feel like you're up, up to your neck in it. But God's asking for you to put your ankles in. He's asking you to put your ankles in. Because now we are kings and priests. You know that Revelation 1.6 says that we are kings and priests. Jesus has made us kings and priests. So as the priests who are responsible for the worship in the temple, as they stepped in, it says that as they did that, as they stepped forward, as they stepped in, as they stepped out, as they made a decision that the waters which came down from upstream. Verse 15 and 16 there, it's incredible. As we step in, you don't know what God's doing upstream. What do I mean by that? It says as they stood in, 19 miles away, it says here. 19 miles away. Verse 15 where it says that a heap Far away at Adam. Well, Adam was 19 miles away, this city. So it's kind of like here to Totnes. That's the distance. You say, can anything good come from Totnes? Yeah, so, yeah. yeah I good <laughs> 19 miles away. As the water was coming down that was flooding the River Jordan, 19 miles away, it says that the water started to be cut off. Yeah. And started to fail. I want to tell you, the enemy's plans, the enemy's schemes will fail. No weapon formed against you will prosper, God's Bible tells me. And it says the salt sea failed. Look at that in verse 16. Look. It says the salt sea failed and were cut off. See, upstream, you don't know what God's doing upstream. You don't know what God's doing in Totnes. Amen. 20 miles away. Well, you can think, what, all the way over there? God, I can't see it. Well, God was working 20 miles away so that the people could stand in on dry land and cross over into the promise. You don't know what God's doing upstream today, so trust him. You don't know what God's doing in your family today. Trust him. Even when you can't see it, even if it's 19 miles away, see, it may not just be miles. Think about in your life. What God did in my life maybe 19 years ago was to bring me into my purpose today. What God did in your life 25 years ago, however long ago, was to bring you into your purpose today. He's working. So you can continue walking into your faith. And it says all the people walked over completely over the Jordan. What does that say to me? Going by what we said this morning, and I'm believing for families. All the people that none are left behind. Jesus says he's not willing that any should perish. And all the people crossed over. That brings me encouragement for friends and family to say, Lord, I'm believing you for them. Because we don't know. What you're doing upstream. You know, and I've got this, I saw this this morning. You're thinking, what Christmas card? This Christmas card was given to the, the Reach team nine years ago, a couple of days ago, nine years ago. And it serves as a, 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 
a, as a memorial to, as a remembrance for me to think, why do I do what I do? Just a little old Christmas card. Well, this was given by somebody who we helped in the REACH project. And it just simply says, thanks for all your help. The people at REACH and your church, thank you. This guy was an alcoholic. He was a drug addict. He was absolutely where you'd look and you'd think, God, how can you do anything in this man? We simply went in as a team of us and helped. It was awful situation, house, etc. But we went in. The week after... He sent us a Christmas card, and the thought was there. That's right. That's right. I found out a couple days later by his friend, he said, that was something special. He said, that guy has never sent a Christmas card to anybody in his entire life. He didn't know his parents. His parents um, abandoned him. No friends, pretty much no family, nothing. This guy sends a Christmas card to a team of Christians that were willing to go in and say, hey, we love you. We love you. And this, sir, I've got this up in my office because it reminds me of why I do what I do. And days when I feel maybe a little bit stuck, I look at that card and think, hey, I don't know, God, what you're doing upstream in someone else's life who may look like a lost cause, who may look like, why would we even bother with that person? But God, you love them. And I don't know whether he made a decision. I don't know what, if he's even still alive. We lost contact and whatever things happen, I don't even know if he's still alive. But God does. And it serves as a purpose to say, God, I don't know what you're doing 19 miles away, upstream. But I believe that we're walking into the promise on dry land. Because if you've said it, I believe it. Let's stand to our feet, please. Thank you, Lord. It's a time for getting unstuck. It's a time to move forward. It's a time to build. It's a time to see what God is doing, what the Spirit is doing in our society, in our community. And so, Lord, we thank you today. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your truth. And Lord, for those that maybe today are feeling that they are just stuck, Lord. Lord, I ask that they may have heard something this morning that they can hold on to. Lord, I don't expect them to remember everything, but Lord, just maybe one thing. That can help them through to say, yeah, it's time to move forward. I don't need to stay stuck in this. And if that's you, I would encourage you, if you maybe want to talk about something, then come and talk to the, to the leaders team here. It may help you to talk through some stuff rather than holding it yourself, thinking, I don't know how to deal with this. Come and speak to us. Speak to God. We can pray about it. Because I'm believing in this season that it's a time to move forward. There's this movement coming, a flowing coming, and we're not leaving anybody behind. We're all going over, completely over. That's the call that's going out. But today, if you're feeling like it's walking a bit through treacle, if it's 
hard going. If you feel like you're limping, then God wants to let you know today that he sees you. It may be that you have to make a decision to be decisive. It may mean that you have to be a bit more committed and say, where you go, I will go. And it may mean that you need to be a bit courageous to do it scared. That thing that God may be saying to you that you've put off and put off. It may be that you just need to do it scared, but God will be with you. He goes with you. And to know and be secure today that God is working upstream, behind the scenes. And so, Lord, we thank you today that as we enter this, this season where you came, Lord, we believe that you are still coming. You have come that we may have life. And we believe that, Jesus, today. That it's your life that you, you give. Lord, we see your life that we want. We want to choose life. We want to choose life today. In this place. And we're thankful, Lord. Lord, we pray that your presence goes with the people that are on Zoom, Lord, that weren't able to make it in today. Maybe got, they were stuck, Lord, not able to get in. Lord, your presence goes with them. Lord, your presence goes with us. That you are working. You are moving. And Lord, we continue to walk in faith today. And we trust you. We trust you with our lives. Where else can we go? You hold the words of life. You are the Christ. You are our Savior. Where else can we go, Lord? And we're so grateful that we've got a Savior that hears our prayers. That we can turn to you. It's not lost. It's not without hope. You're the God of all hope. You are the God of all hope today. We thank you, Jesus. We say amen. Amen. Don't stay stuck. It's a time to move forward in the things of God.